I was quite frankly scared. Like, oh my God, we have so many staff. I have to bring on all this business, yada, yada, yada. And I was freaking out and I was having mental health like kind of breakdown. I didn't really want to grow the business anymore because it was so stressful. And, and he was like, well, he, he bounced. He was like, I'm out. And, and the staff were kind of churning and all this kind of stuff. And, and I ended up seeing a counselor. Like I was like very close to shutting this thing down. I was like, like so stressed. And the counselor actually was like, he gave me homework to apply for jobs. Welcome to the Small Business Storytellers, the show where we dive deep into the stories and secrets of businesses focused on not just making money, but making the world a better place. My name is Seth Silvers, and my passion is helping businesses grow that are making the world a better place. Every episode, you will hear from transformational leaders and business owners as we dive into what has helped them grow and what has helped them stay true to themselves along the way. Also, Every week, we are hosting live conversations with our guests in Fireside Chat, where we give you, the audience, the opportunity to ask them your burning questions. So make sure to join us live on Fireside Chat on your mobile device. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Storytellers. Uh, On today's episode, we're going to talk about marketing, and uh, we are going to be joined by Ted Lau, who is the founder and CEO of Ballistic Arts, which is a full-service marketing agency, um, primarily in the B2B world. But the unique thing is he's been doing this for 20 years. And uh, if you know anything about marketing, you know that marketing has changed quite a bit uh, from this month to last month, much less over the last 20 years. So I'm excited to dive into this journey and this story a little bit. Ted, welcome to the show. Hey, Seth. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Really happy to have you here on the show. Um, How do you tell people, uh, how do you describe what you do when uh, you run into somebody and they say, hey, nice to meet you. What do you do? Yeah, so uh, I usually say, well, I I do beer. I do scotch. I do whiskey. But when they go, oh, well, you know, what do you do for a living? I go, well, you know, I I run a digital marketing agency. Um, Awesome. Primarily, it's a lead generation digital marketing agency called Ballistic Arts. Um, we, I, I tell people I started in the room above my parents' garage and kind of grew it from there. Um, this iteration this time is that we help business to business companies, typically small, medium sized firms that are struggling, trying to get leads for their business. Uh, a lot of B2B people are like, ah, you know, I just, I got to do the shaking hands and kissing baby. It's all about word of mouth. Like you can't do digital marketing because my stuff is too niche. I'm very much into a specific vertical. So there's no digital marketing that can be done for, for my business. <laughs> And what we've done is been able to help these companies grow and scale over time. And in fact, during COVID, we actually helped them grow and and thrive, not just survive. Love it. Yeah, there it is always funny when people are I, I in the podcasting space, very similarly, people are like, oh, a podcast wouldn't work for us. And it's true. Like there's some companies where maybe a podcast isn't the best option for them. Um, and maybe based off of some of what people want with their business, maybe people don't want to go into digital marketing. Um, but something like digital marketing could be beneficial for just about everybody. So I, I run into some similar conversations where like podcasts wouldn't be beneficial for our audience. It's like, okay, that's fine. Um, so you said you started this company, uh, in, was it the room above the garage you said? Yeah. So it's, we used to call it the game rooms, kind of like, okay where we had the piano, all the old board games and, you know, the, the, the old ass TV, the Zen, the Zenith TV yeah. that looked like, you know, those big ass ones that had like radiation emanating mm-hmm. out of them. That was, yeah. that was where it was. And so I actually first started in 
my bedroom. And then when I actually had a business partner and, and got, had a, a staff member, I was like, hey, mama, can I, uh, can I use the room that no one uses anymore to yeah. like, have an office quote unquote? Yeah. How old were you? Oh man, you're dating me. Um, Early twenties, I think it was twenty one. Okay. Technically, when I started, um, and I, I think a couple months later, I started. I was twenty two. So yeah, early twenties. Yeah, what was the first thing that you sold to somebody, and how much? I I, I want to know how much it was because, or or if it wasn't, maybe it wasn't money. Uh, one person I had on the podcast, their first exchange was they designed a website in exchange for a pistol. So for a tell pistol. me about for a pistol. Wow. Okay, yeah. well, that, that wasn't me. So. Uh, Okay, you mean for the agency, not the first thing I ever sold in my life. Let's go with the agency, yeah. The what agency. what okay, did so, kind of your first product iteration look uh, like? Let me think. So, okay, so we I, I was kind of telling you just before you, uh, we were recording that I actually started this as a video production company. So okay. I, I um, was at the School of Communications in, in so I'm in Vancouver, Canada. So uh, Simon Fraser University was where I, I went to school. And I did the school of communications, studied um, digital communications and video production was a thing. Like digital video is this new thing, right? And it was like back then they still had it on tape and you had to like firewire it into a computer and all this kind of stuff. And I wanted to be a documentary filmmaker. That's what I thought it was going to be. And um, 9-11 just happened and it was like, rah, rah, no one's hiring, let alone documentary filmmakers. So you got to figure out what to do. No one would buy document like no one would buy videos for me like dudes would be like i own a restaurant i only have tvs in here but like mm -hmm. i need a i need a menu designed when this Can is like before facebook so it's not this like is before like facebook, facebook this is before google YouTube. this is before youtube there was none of that right so yeah i think the first video i sold was like a year later or two years into the business because i'd have these people going like no, I don't uh i don't i don't need a video but hey i saw that you uh you, you got a nice brochure there and yeah. I, I need a, I need a menu design for my restaurant. Can you do that? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, yes, I can. Right. And I, you know what? I think price wise, I don't remember. I think I remember thinking like everything was around a thousand bucks. Like whatever I did was I charged a thousand bucks. I don't know why it's just that that's the number I remember. I remember like the yeah. first website I charged yeah. was a thousand bucks. And the, the thing was, because as a young entrepreneur, you're kind of like, you don't know what you don't know. And you're kind of just like, how hard can things be? How hard can it be to build a website or to do menu designs or whatever? And um, I would literally just make numbers in the air, like just oh, yeah. as the dude's asking, like, this is how much. And then I was oh, yeah. going to go and do it. And I'd go back to the room above my parents' garage, the game room, as we called it, and tell my business partner, like, yeah, so I uh, didn't sell any video, but um, I, I I sold a brochure, so we're gonna do that. Or like I, I sold the website, so we have to we have to figure out how to program a website. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, luckily enough, you know, I, I had a talented uh, partner at the time, and he um, he was like, yeah, I, I did websites, uh, you know, build websites uh, when when I was for beer money. So there we go. But for me, like we we did some free work when we first started, but very very early on, I'm like, I don't care, like this. This isn't a business unless we're making money. So that was the thing. So there you go. What were um, some of the key iterations along the way? You know, if you could maybe pick out four or five, maybe it's less than four or five, but a handful of like shifts in how you served people or in what you were actually doing. And I'll say I'm similar to you in a sense of like, I probably could have technically like, shut down my business and restarted a new business. That's like, but we've, we've just stayed open and we've iterated under the same name over the last seven years. 
Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. So, you know, what? for the most part, the business has been the same. Uh, one, me being the, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Lead singer, head dish, bottle washer. I don't know. But um, in terms of iteration, it was more around the clients that we served. So very early on after, you know, we were a video production company that then soon morphed into a graphic design company that then soon morphed into a, a web design company. And then we were like, okay, well, we can provide all these services. So we're going to be a full service digital agency. That, that was mm-hmm. what we were going to do. Um, for the first few years, it was, I guess the iteration was anyone that will hire us, we will do business for you. So there was very non-scientific. There's no niche. There was, you have money. I have a pulse. I can do this. I have Adobe. I will, I will do it if you pay me. And it was just about survival. Like, can I make more than being a Starbucks barista? Because that's really what I was going for. Yep. And then later on, it was like, okay, well, maybe we should niche out a little bit and and focus on, on more things. I had a buddy who uh, I went to school with. His dad ran a bunch of junior mining companies. And so we worked with those guys because those guys needed the branding, the websites, the videos. And these guys are mm-hmm. like, I raised $20 million to drill some holes in the middle of nowhere to like see if there's like ore samples that I can you know push out to the market. And I remember this one dude was like, hey, Ted, I... Uh, I need a brand, a website, a video. I need all this stuff done in like two weeks. Can you do it? And I'm like, why do you need two weeks? He's like, oh, I just raised, literally, he was like, I think he was like, I raised 20 or $32 million, whatever it was. And I need to get it out to the market as soon as possible. How quickly can you get it done? I'm like, two weeks is, there's no way. Dude literally pulled out a checkbook and was like, how much? And I'm like, oh, how much can I pay you to not sleep for the next two? Exactly. So like I like in my head, like was doing quick math going, okay, it's going to cost them so much. And then I tripled the amount, Seth. I tripled it in my head and it was still not worth it. Like at the end of it, it was like, shit, it was like, it was not worth it. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things like, hey, better have the money in the bank. And I didn't sleep for a little bit, you know, being in your 20s, whatever. I I wasn't married and have kids, whatever. And then next iteration was after the recession happened. I was like, okay, well, how do it? So all of those guys went the way of the dodo. Like same dude that would wrote me a blank check. Like a couple of years later, he owed me money. I don't know if it was the same dude. No, nah, I think it was the same dude. So he owed me money and he was like three weeks behind. And I'm like calling on him, all this kind of stuff. And then he's like, oh yeah, come on down. I'll, you know, write you a check and all this kind of stuff. I go to his office. He gives me a check and he's like, hey, give me a call on Monday. I got more work for you. The next Monday I call him, the phone lines go dead. Right. And it's like, oh, damn. But like the check cleared. So, yay. All good. Right. Mm-hmm. Next iteration after the recession, we I was like, I got to do something like, you know, recession proof. So what can it be? So I'm like, well, people need housing. Uh, people need lawyers. People need accountants. People need healthcare. So we really focused on those three areas, healthcare, professional services and real estate. And then being in Vancouver, the 2010 Winter Olympics came on. And so for a number of years, we grew into real estate marketing, did that for probably a decade or so. All the while, we did have some ebbs and flows in healthcare. We did a bunch of work in, mm-hmm. um, in that space as well as some professional services. But really, it was, it was, you know, working with these kind of billionaire egos, which, you know, in and it itself, yeah, there's money in it. But oh, my God, some of these egos, you just, you just oh, my God. Right. Yeah. And so that was a little much. Bought on my partner in 2019. And I uh, was talking to some of these key clients of mine. And I'm going, well, you know, like, uh, I want to grow into something else. I want to add another department. What would you want me to do? And they're like, we want you to do social media. And I'm like, Jesus, fuck. Like, why would you want (laughs) 
I hate social media. Why would you want me to do that? And they're like, well, Ted, you really understand storytelling. You're really good at it. You understand brand. And my social media guy's like, I like them, but I don't really know what they're doing other than getting me likes on, on Facebook. And sometimes I don't even like their posts. And I kind of went away and thought about it. And I was like, how much, and so I was like, how much are you paying these guys? Like these, the, you know, I was asking my client, oh, I'm paying these thousands of dollars a month. Like, You're paying thousands of dollars a month. What are they getting you? I don't know. Likes. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I went away and I'm like, I'm a small business guy. Like if I'm paying thousands of dollars a month to somebody, they damn well better be paying back that return. Right. Like I, I like, I better be making money on them. So I kind of went back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so what if I got you like leads and like sales? And this client was like, Ted, if you did that, I'll never leave you. And to this day, this client is still with me. Right. And so I've been working on it and just, I had half a body at the time, right? Like I, it was my video producer who happened to work like previously at a digital marketing agency. I sold this package and I go, Hey, uh, Jay, can you uh, do this off the side of your desk? And he's like, yep. And then now we've got like eight or nine people in that department. Right. So it's just, yep. we kind of slowly grew it and here we are. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I love it. I, I think it's always fun to see like the different iterations along the way. Um, you've been doing this for a while. Sounds like you've been through some interesting times, worked with uh, some great clients and some not great clients. Mm. Why are you doing this? Like, what's the, what's the, what's the goal? What keeps you doing this? Well, I think also that um, has ebbed and flowed and changed a bit. So, so a few years ago, so when I bought up my partner, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of the longer stories. I was, I bought on my partner and it was like, where is this company going? Like a lot of my staff were thinking that my former business partner, who was the more the operator, he was not the visionary. And I was quite frankly scared. Like, oh my God, we have so many staff. I have to bring on all this business, yada, yada, yada. And I was freaking out and I was having mental health, like kind of breakdown. I didn't really want to grow the business anymore because it was so stressful. And, and he was like, well, he, he bounced. He was like, I'm out. And the staff were kind of churning and all this kind of stuff. And and I ended up seeing a counselor. Like I was like very close to shutting this thing down. I was like, like so stressed. And the counselor actually was like, he gave me homework to apply for jobs. Right. I I hadn't applied for a job since I was 21. I don't have a freaking resume. Right. So I had to actually call like an HR buddy. I'm like, how do I write a resume? I have no idea what to do here. And then I did the one of those, like, you know, those auto click on indeed.com and like a quick apply didn't get any responses. And I went back to see the, the shrink and he was like, well, um, how do you feel about that? I'm like, oh, I fucking hated it. That was terrible. Like what, why would you want me to do that? And then he was like, actually, you know, funny enough, I actually didn't want you to actually look for a job. I just want you to feel that because you said something before you left the last session about you started this business because you didn't want to work for somebody. And ultimately that was kind of what it was. Like I asked my dad through this whole ordeal, like again, during the shrink exercise and all this kind of stuff, dude was like, you know, ask people why, you know, what they thought you were going to do when you grew up. So I asked my, my dad, I'm like, so, so dad, what, what do you think I ever was going to run an agency? Like at that time I was like 17 years in. Right. And so he's like, well, not really. All I knew was you couldn't work for somebody. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like it was either run my own business or be homeless. Like that's really what you thought it was going to do. And he was like, well, pretty much. Right. And so I think fundamentally entrepreneurs, at least the ones that I know are guys that kind of like to call guys and gals that like to call the shot that can't really function under a traditional organization. They have to call the shots. And I think you know, fundamentally that's, that's what it is. Now, 
that in itself may be a driver, but it isn't the thing that kind of keeps me going anymore. In fact, for me, because, you know, I've been there, done that, and I've seen several iterations running this thing, I actually like a few things. One being um, in a leadership capacity to help young people get into their career. So for instance, you know, like I have a a bunch of like 20 year old, 30 year olds that are, you know, trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. And if I can be that stepping point, like I'm not the largest agency in the world. I'm a little, you know, boutique-ish agency. We've got 20 staff or something like that. It's not very big. And so if I can be someone that can give them an in into the industry for them to, you know, show what they can do, show the world how great they are. And then I can, you know, coach them along and help them grow their career. And it could be with us. It could be, you know, later on down the road, they want to do something else. That's cool. So that's one. The other thing is this iteration of the business has been really, really crazy and, and great because a lot of business owners struggle with growth and maintaining that and, and, and keeping the uh, doors open. And if I can reduce that element of stress of when, where's my next meal, where's my next job, because I can provide them with solid leads through really great marketing. Hell, it's awesome. Yeah. I love, I love that you've seen that senior why kind of shift. And I think, you know, the process that you've gone through to really like dive in and figure that out. And unfortunately it sounds like it took you kind of getting to some level of rock bottom to figure that out. Dude, um. <laughs> I got, I got hit hard, right? Like that year partner left at 80% turnover. I had like one star glass door reviews about how shitty of a CEO I am and all this kind of stuff. And I had, um, I think I got sued. I got the tax man calling me, like everything. Like it was like, and my marriage wasn't great. It was just frick, right? Um, but it was a humbling experience. I have many a mentor who are great business people who said, yeah, I've hit rock bottom and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I, you know, I'm glad that it happened. I have to say, I'm not all that glad that it happened. Yeah. I'm still not glad, but I think it needed to happen. Yeah, it's interesting. I was listening to... Um Daniel Pink yesterday is talking about mm. this new book that he has on regret. They've been doing this big study on regret. And it was interesting because he was saying how oftentimes people feel like they either fall into the like having way too many regrets and being like obsessed with regret, which isn't healthy. Um, mm. Or having like this, like no regrets, like, no, I don't regret everything, anything, everything that's happened, you know, it brought me to where I am today. And he was actually saying how like that mentality of, truly believing like, no, live with like, I don't regret anything, how that actually creates a delusion. Like when we're not honest about like, yeah, I like did some things uh, that I would not do again, but those like, I'm going to learn from those things. I'm going to like take that season. I'm going to admit and embrace and be like, yeah, that season sucked. I don't want to go through it again, but I learned from it. And it's just an interesting perspective shift as opposed to being like, yeah, no, I don't regret anything. It was great. Uh, and it kind of being this like delusional place. I'm oh, curious. Yeah. I was definitely delusional back then. I was yeah. very much a don't live with regrets kind of guy. And I mean, I think that the part of me is still not like I, I regret a lot of things that have happened. Certainly there have been some, you know, drunken stupor nights, you know, that, that I probably didn't need to happen. But at the same time, like career wise, you know, I, I kind of believe that sometimes, you know, you have to go through a particular journey to appreciate what you got. And 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I think it's made me hopefully a better person, better father, better husband because of it. Um, better business owner, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it freaking sucked. Right. What are some things that you're doing now to hopefully not end up in that place again? It sounded like you kind of got hit from a mental health standpoint. You got hit from a financial standpoint from a customer. Like what are some things business wise or personal that you're doing now to just stay in a, in a better place so that you don't have to hit rock bottom in the same way again? Oh man, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of, a lot of things. So first of all, I think the notion of rock bottom and like not like avoiding to hit rock bottom is not kind of where I'm coming from. Like the situation at hand is going to be, it is what it is and you can do what you can, but you know, man plans and God laughs. I think that's the saying. And so I'm not really doing things to avoid anything. I'm not that's not kind of where I'm coming from. Um, I'm coming from a place of acceptance and gratitude. That's kind of how I live my life these days. Um, on the personal side, I, um, I wake up every day. I, I have a little morning ritual. I, I meditate not that long, like 10, 15 minutes a day, uh, sorry, in the morning. And then I work out, uh, for about 45 minutes an hour. And then I kind of have a gratitude journal. I write and kind of like write out actually before I work out after I meditate, before I work out, I, I write, these are, and it could be any random thing. Like I'm grateful that I have hair on my head. I'm grateful that it's sunny outside. I'm grateful that I can breathe fresh air and I'm grateful that I have a beautiful wife and a daughter, like those kinds of things. And it kind of sets me in a good place. And then the working out really kind of gets me in the zone and then have a nice shower and go to work. And then at night I just, I meditate with my daughter and we also do a, around the dinner table, we just share a couple of things of what we're grateful for. And then we actually say like, Hey, this is the kind of the person I'm going to be tonight. And it'd be like calm or happy or whatever it is. And I found that that has been really helpful on the business side. You know, we were a um, one-off project type business. So you hire me, I do X, I get paid, and away we go. And that was great because I felt like, you know, kind of one and done and move on. And it was very stressful from a consistent sales standpoint. You know, it's a seven-figure business. I'm still the only sales dude. I've had off and on salespeople come and go. I just have uh, a salesperson just resign, like as your, your podcast started, right? Like literally just came, came into my inbox. Right. So like they come and go. And by being the one-off salesperson, it was really tough because like, you're always hunting for the next thing. And, uh, it wasn't, you weren't, I was not able to sustain the growth by having this recurring revenue model. Now that I have where clients pay us on a monthly basis and retainer. And our job is to go hunt for them from a, from a, marketing standpoint. And that has provided this regular stable income every month that comes through the door. And so I'm able to stack on work more and more and more and more. And so that's been really helpful. I think understanding and appreciating operations as a role in the company is really important. I had a partner who, you know, to his credit was a great op. Well, I wouldn't say a great operator, but he definitely did all the operations stuff um, behind the scenes. And I'd never really noticed how much work that was and what kind of brain you need to have. I am not an operator. I need somebody that can do that. And in fact, I have a CEO and an operations manager and an HR person. Like it's just, I need those people because, um, those are not my strengths. So realizing that I have stuff that I love to do, but appreciating that maybe the stuff that I don't want to do or can do is actually a lot harder than I might think it is. 
and um, I don't know, appreciating the moment. Right. Right. Like as shitty as life, quote unquote, can be like hell. We're in North America for crying out loud. There's no bombs, no war. There's no famine. Yeah. Family's safe. Everything's good. Yep. Yeah. Perspective is huge. And uh, I think that going through crazy seasons in our life gives us perspective as you've grown in your business. It sounds like you've also grown in just your awareness of where you belong in the business and what you should be spending time on. Um, mm. Sounds like you're not doing HR, like you're not doing operations. I'm sure you're, well, I'm not sure. I'd be surprised if you were in there actually like uploading posts to Facebook and hitting publish for your clients. Where are you <laughs> spending your time on your business these days that energizes you? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not hands on keyboard. I joke with my clients, like right in the this computer that I'm using right now to talk to you is my main computer. I don't even have Adobe or any of the stuff on this computer, right? Like I just, that's not my, my thing. My jam that I love to do is one visionary. I like kind of thinking, where am I going with the company and, and what are we doing? So, you know, we had been in Vancouver, Canada as clients and whatnot that we've had for, I don't know, 18 of the 20 years that we've been in business. And then we're growing now across down the West Coast, United States. And that's been a lot of fun, building networks, building community, building relationships. I really enjoy that. I also enjoy coaching, like I said, uh, some of my staff. Uh, I'm the old dude in, in the business. And so if I can help somebody with a career tra trajectory as to where they want to go and, and help them along, um, that's something that I really like to do as well. Um, and I mean the sales aspect, I, I, I still like that. And it's kind of the relationship building mm -hmm. side of things. And so I have many a coach and my COO and my operator are like, Oh, what the hell? Like, why are you still the sales dude in the company? And it's, I kind of like, well, if I, this is the only thing I do in the business. Like if I don't, if I don't do this, what the hell am I doing? Like, if I don't do this, I got nothing to do. I'm going to like become Tony Soprano and like start a gang or something. Like what am I like a crime syndicate? Right. And so, right. I need to do something now, new advisor that we're bringing on. He's kind of like, well, I have some ideas and he kind of, I'm not going to say anything right now, but he, he floated me some couple ideas and that kind of got me thinking. Mm -hmm. And so kind of got me inspired about maybe I can step away a little bit on the sales side if right. this other thing kind of, kind of comes to fruition. So that's a stay tuned. Cool. I look forward to staying tuned. Um, also, I apologize if there's background noise. They decided to have it be a construction day outside of our studio today, but it's all good. That's Can't funny. hear much. You have a good um, mic. Unrelated question, but that I, I have to know the answer. I was like, am I going to ask this or am I not? Uh, I'm an open On your now. website, it's mm -hmm. fun. You have, you know, clouds and a moon and all this stuff. Okay, so I see some <laughs> yeah. hidden objects in the clouds. And I feel like they're there for a reason. So I see a little bird, I see a woman's face, I see a unicorn, and I see a bunny rabbit. And there's probably other things that I don't see. I want to know what the, I want to know why you like hid these. What are these Easter eggs for? These Easter eggs were something that, um, so maybe I'll take a step back. So, um, you know, creative agency, creative owner, you could probably imagine the kind of the kind of youth that I had once upon a time. And so that was kind of an ode to that. I'll leave it at that. Um, funny enough, that brand is is super old and we're actually launching a new a new website. Well, I've been saying that for the last 18 months, but you know, <laughs> cobbler's kids and all that kind of stuff. But we're supposed to be launching a site. I'm gonna I should name drop my my I'm not gonna do it. I was gonna name drop my web project manager to, to give pressure <laughs> to him. I told I told 
every, I told the world that you got to do this but anyway. So, um, we're supposed to launch a new site and that that's going to be gone, but it's, um, it's kind of like the idea was you're, we're not exactly what you think we necessarily mm-hmm. are. And that's, that's kind of true in life, right? Mm-hmm. Like what we put out right away is not exactly everything that meets the eye. Yeah. Right. And so that was kind of that, that, that nod. And we've done that a few times. I think this next iteration is going to be a lot cleaner. I think, you know, drug induced, um, Easter eggs is not necessarily a thing that my team seems to be all that inspired about. So we'll see <laughs> again, old dude, listen hey, to a lot of rock. You can and, do what and, you want. You know, yeah. I guess, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. So as we, uh, I think this has been great and you know, it's, it's fun to hear more about your story and, and your journey of the ups and downs. For the businesses that are listening, there there might be some that are kind of in that position where we were saying at the beginning, where they're like, yeah, digital ads, not really for me, or, you know, lead generation online. Um, today, it's April 14th of 2022. This will be live sometime in May. What are some of the biggest opportunities in April and May of 2022 that you see for like lead generation? Like where should people be paying attention to if they're wanting to grow their business online lead gen? Well, I think, you know, I'm going to speak to the B2B clients that we, we typically help. You know, if you're somebody that's like, I only can do this by word of mouth and that's all you've done, I would suggest you go and talk to somebody because in fact, it is not the case anymore. And so where you low hanging fruit stuff, most of these guys' websites are not great, but you got to make sure that it's um, meant to have really good user experience so that it targets the right audience. Make sure you have really good call to actions. I mean, you can visit my website, ballisticarts.com. We have a whole blog section where you can find tips and tricks. Other things is like, make sure that you target your content, your ads to a specific profile of who you're targeting. And I would try things like YouTube ads. I would try things like Google ads, LinkedIn Um, these are all things that even if you put a little budget in, you're going to give it a whirl, do your tracking, put in something like Hotjar to do heat mapping and see how people are interacting with your website. Those are probably going to be the things that are going to, going to go. Most important thing is I would come up with a plan. I would come up, this is what we do with all of our clients. We actually have like, it's like a workout plan. Like I want to run the Boston marathon in this time frame. So for you as a business owner, what do you want to do in the next six months revenue wise through right. your digital marketing and then track that? Because if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you. I thought out. that we're supposed to another just drug yeah, induced. Another <laughs> drug induced <laughs> yeah. I thought we were just supposed to uh, set goals at the beginning of the year and then kind of just hope that they happen. And then come November, we're like, Oh crap, what were those goals again? And we look at them. Well, you, you could, you could, but if you don't check, right. And so that's the thing, our team does check every three months for our clients and like, Hey, have we been hitting your goals? Yeah. What are we doing? Yada, yada. And I think clients appreciate that. Cause you're right. Like a lot of business owners are just like, I don't know, shotgun right. approach and see what yeah, sticks. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that, that is very true. And I think that's really valuable. You guys are actually creating that roadmap for them because, um, it's not too, it's not as common as you'd think in that space. And also there's just so many different ways people can use digital advertising right before I got onto our meeting, I was actually publishing some Facebook ads and the, we're actually doing it just because we were having a hard time this week deciding between a handful of names for a new podcast that we're doing. 
And so it was like, cool, let's create a micro ad that is very similar, mm -hmm. swap out the name for it and put it in front of people that have no context to who we are that are in the right audience. And let's see which one gets the most clicks. And so there's so many different, like, I think once you open your mind of like what you can be doing, there's just so many different ways you can use digital advertising, um, that can help your business. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like that malt, that's what's called multivariant testing or AB testing. Some people call it, uh, that is really, really powerful. And I love that because I mean, first 17 years of the business, it was all creative. So you have these clients going, is that the right baby blue? Uh, can, can we tint that a little bit? Is, can that font be, you know, 15% bigger? And you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, oh my God. Sorry. I, should, I, I don't know what kind of list you have. You're probably, you're going to beat the crap out of this, this interview. But, it is, it is holy. But week. I mean, I was, no, it is holy. It is, it is. It is right. Good Friday's tomorrow. And so I was <laughs> sorry, baby Jesus. I'm sorry. And so I, um, I, I had this client that was like, I really want this kayak. Like he was selling private condos and luxury condos on a private lake. And he had this picture of a kayak sunset. He, I don't know how much money he spent on the drone shot and all this kind of stuff. And he really wanted it in the ad. And I'm thinking like, there's no way this is going to help sell you know condos. But all right. We stuck it in an ad set and then we tested it. And when that ad came back as the least effective, most expensive ad for him, I have to argue anything. Mm -hmm. I was just like, do you still want to run this? beautiful picture that you, I didn't I know SaaS, yeah. right? But I was like, do you want, nope, yep. we're good. Yeah. The data makes it easier but to make those I, decisions. Yeah. Like in the day, I, back in the day, I have to argue as to why and da, 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 And they're like, well, you're just one guy, whatever. You know, now it's like, here's the data you, yeah. you decide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's so many different ways people can use digital advertising and lead gen. So I think if some of our listeners, if they're thinking like, well, like we just don't, we don't know how we'd use it. Like just be creative and think about it. Like, is there, is there data that you're wanting to get from your audience? Um, have a conversation with someone for those that are listening. Um, who is the right business, the right partner for, for you guys that if they're listening, they're like, okay, I should get in touch with these guys. Yeah, for sure. If, if you are a, you know, business to business company and you sell a service or product that is super niche, you have a very specific audience that you're trying to go after, um, and you're kind of a mid-market, you know, five to 20 million kind of business, we're probably the right fit for you because you've probably tried digital marketing, but you've you know maybe done in-house or hire a small agency and, and, and haven't gotten the results. Well, I mean, our team has been really good at that targeting and it's really worked. So. Love it. We've had, you know, come, come to my yep. website, check it out. There's a lot of case studies. You yeah, can read that. Come to the website and see the uh, unicorn and the bunny in the clouds before it's gone. Before it's awesome. gone. Well, we will link in the show notes to uh, ballisticarts.com. And Ted, this has been a pleasure. It's been fun to hear more about your journey um, and in your business and where you guys are going. So thanks so much for joining us. Seth, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. And thank you for letting me rant and swear. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you so much for listening to the Small Business Storytellers. If you've wanted to start a podcast and have been wondering if you can use podcasting to grow your business, but don't know where to start, I'd love to talk. Head to successwithstories.com slash podcast to learn exactly how to launch, grow, and profit from a podcast for your business. Again, that is successwithstories.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like this episode, share it with someone you know who would also like it. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or know someone who would be a great guest on the show, let me know. 
Thank you. And we will see you next time on the Small Business Storytellers.